know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. This is our first podcast siege since the events of Friday. Uh, where uh, it was revealed Kyle Dubas no longer GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I have to ask you a very serious question to start off, because this is a very serious topic, of course. Uh, When do you expect to interview for this job? Because all of a sudden, people are throwing your name out there for this GM job. You know, I just don't know if I can take the pay cut. That, that's really my, my concern. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, come on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they, they have a long, long list, a long, long list before they'd ever get anywhere near my name. There'd be roughly a thousand names before you got to mine on the list of people qualified for that job. Oh. Did you see that tweet that said, uh, you should be GM and I should be your AGM? How much work would you get, <laughs> I mean, hopefully a lot. I just, I'm worried we would run the whole operation to the ground. <laughs> as much as as much as I love hockey and you do too, I don't pretend that I could actually do this that job better than they could. I mean, maybe in yeah, some circumstances, but like, come on, running a, a department of like a hundred people, I mean, no chance. Yeah, it's 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 a very difficult job, and like, I guess to kind of jump into Kyle Dubas here, like, there's a reason why you know I spend my life just writing and podcasting, and I'm nowhere near a career of management. So to hear someone like Kyle Dubas take to the podium and be candid about how difficult it was to do the job. I know we've discussed this on previous podcasts to see that, at least from my outsider's perspective, kind of be weaponized against him. I think that's kind of whack. I think that's such a weird thing to have happen with, with, with Brendan Shanahan explaining the process of, of what went on over the last few days, ultimately leading to him getting bounced. Like, I think as someone who might not know, obviously wouldn't know as much as you in the situation, you can provide a different perspective. Like how weird does this seem for, for Kyle to kind of just kind of creak open the door to make it seem as if, okay, there's a chance I might not come back, but at least he frames it in a way where, you know, it's because of, you know, stuff going beyond the ice. And then ultimately Brandon Shannon says, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Like I have a hard time looking at that situation and, and not kind of, picturing Brandon Shanahan as, as a, as a bad guy in this situation. Do I have that wrong? Like, like, how are you seeing this? You know, I don't see it as good guys and bad guys. I mean, we're talking serious business, right? They, they, they were discussing a contract worth a lot of money. So, so if we're going to get serious about me not taking a pay cut, come on, it'd be a pay raise for most people. And it just sure. seems like it went off the rails, you know, and, and it happened. I think it happened quite dramatically. Like that, that's, that's what, what I look at there is that, as of the end of last week, Kyle Dubas was indicating he wanted to still be the GM to the team. And Brendan Shanahan until Wednesday and maybe even Thursday was still trying to sign him. Uh, you know, the fact that they, that, that usually when two reasonable people are working towards the same outcome, even when there's challenges, there's a way to get there. Right. And obviously this, this didn't end up in that. And I think it's, I think because of that, it's quite surprising, right? It, it was a shock to a lot of people that work with Kyle Dubas and work for him. 
uh, was a shock to the marketplace, maybe a shock to the hockey world. I mean, certainly Kyle had left the door open by at least questioning whether he wanted to continue on or whether he could continue on because of his family circumstances. Um, but even that was only a couple of days. When, when, when you step back and look at it, I mean, Brendan Shannon said he got an email Thursday night from Kyle saying he still wanted to be the GM of the team. You, you have to wonder, you know, it was a Friday morning meeting where, where Shannon ultimately told Dubas that, that they weren't going to give him an extension. You just have to wonder, you know, did Kyle on that morning think he was going to get the extension then, right? Because because there had been talks about one. Um, pretty pretty quick turn of events. Um, and now the Maple Leafs go forward. I, I don't think there's much time for them to be looking back, certainly. And and I would think interviews are going to start here in the next few days. And and I don't think it's going to be a long process. I just don't think that they can afford to have one, even though, of course, Brandon Pridham's running the ship in the meantime. He's been part of that operation for a long time. You know, I, I don't have any doubts about his ability kind of to, to, to lead the transition period. I just I don't think they're going to want it to be too long of a transition. Is Brandon Pridham still available for other jobs in the meantime? I think he would be, but you know, now that we know he didn't get the Calgary job, you know, I don't believe he was part of the Pittsburgh process. You know, I, I don't know what job would be out there for him to get. I mean, certainly no obvious places to link him to. And, you know, I think he's pretty focused. It's funny as Lowell, he was hired at about the exact same time as Kyle Dubas. I think there might've been a month between their hirings, give or take, but they, you know, they worked together for basically nine years too. And, and, you know, certainly by the last few years, we're very closely tied together in terms of running the team. But, you know, my sense is that Brandon Pridham is, is as hard as this would be on him, like anyone, again, who's worked with Kyle and liked Kyle, that, that he's going to continue on and, and you know, be part of the, the Leafs front office. And so, you know, maybe somewhere down the line, there's a GM opening that he gets considered for. It doesn't seem like he fits the, the criteria that Brandon Shanahan's laid out for the Leafs job, just in terms of having general manager experience. And so I think he'll be part of the next phase of the Leafs front office here as, as it takes shape. Uh, and certainly now in the meantime, if anyone wants to try to have trade talks with the Leafs or any discussions, you know, there's the notes gone around to the league saying that, that he's the one to contact. So what about some of these candidates for, for that job that fit that description best? Uh, Brad Trilliving seems to be the odds on favorite, a bit of a spoiler for uh, you can bet that, but like, it seems like Brad Trilliving's name uh, is being thrown out there for this job. Well, there's not a long, there's not really a long list of former GMs that are still kind of in the prime of their careers and are available, right? Like it's, it's not actually that lengthy of a list. And in Brad True Living's case, you know, he, he was a GM in Calgary for what, eight or nine years. I mean, he certainly has a lot of experience, worked, worked in a Canadian market, understands the sort of pressures that come with that. And, and, you know, obviously didn't build a team in Calgary that, that got over the top, but built a lot of good teams and, and, showed himself to be unafraid of a big move, you know, certainly was made some, some pretty big transactions during his time there. And so I think he should be considered the favorite. I mean, when we say he's the favorite, he's a favorite heading into the interview process. I mean, the things can take a different turn, you know, once Brendan Shanahan meets with candidates and, and maybe someone else leaps up. I mean, there's someone like Jason Botterill who maybe hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but you know, some of what he did in Buffalo now looks a little better, I think, with time. When you see uh, Tage Thompson, for example, become the player he has with the Sabres. And, you know, Botterill's still quite young. He, he was involved in, in the Pittsburgh process that's gone on here recently. Uh, he's the assistant GM with the Seattle Kraken. Um, you know, I could see him getting a look. You know, you go down the list. And there's, there's a few wild cards, right? I mean, a lot of people still seem to be mentioning Doug Armstrong as a possibility, you know, he's very much employed in St. Louis, uh, has been there a long time. 
is busy currently actually at the moment over in, in Europe uh, as Canada's GM at the World Hockey Championship. So we'll see if maybe the Leafs seek some permission uh, for the Blues to talk to him. I mean, kind of an unusual circumstance if that happens, right? Because he is currently employed. And, and you know, as of the time we're recording this, I don't have reason to believe that they've done that. But I, cer- I guess it's a possibility. It's certainly something that's being pretty widely discussed. And then, you know, I, I do wonder if the Leafs, you know, try to talk to Stan Bowman, right? He, he would be another person who fits the the bill of having past GM experience uh, but obviously at this point in time has not been cleared by the NHL to return uh, to work. And, and that would have to be part of um, you know, what would have to happen for him to get the job. He was, he did interview in Calgary. So, you know, teams have started to at least knock on that door again. You know, I don't, I don't know if the lease will be one of them, but he, you know, he fits the bill again of someone with experience, but then you go beyond that. You, you got what Peter Shirelli, you know, Chuck Fletcher, Ray Shiro. It's, it's not really a long list of guys. I, I think that that's, you kind of get to Brad tree living as a favorite. If if you take Shanahan at his word that it's going to be someone who already has GM experience, it's really not that huge a pool uh, of, of people uh, when, when you really narrow it down. Cool. So I imagine for, for Leafs fans who were just listening over the last few minutes over all these different names, the ones who were desperately clinging onto a name like Eric Tulski, that name seems to be thrown around for any vacancy that comes up. They might be a bit disappointed. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, it just doesn't seem like that's where they're going. I mean, if, if you're looking, if you're considering Eric Tulski, then shouldn't you be considering, considering Matthew Darsh? Shouldn't you be considering even Brandon Pridham, who already works for you? I mean, those, those are all people that have, you know, built up a pretty positive reputation that have been sort of in the second in command seats uh, on teams that have had a lot of success that have, you know, certainly have experience, but just not the ultimate experience as a GM. I mean, if you're getting into that group, I mean, there's, I mean, maybe Haley Wickenheiser you'd be considering too, also an assistant GM in Toronto now. I mean, it. I guess it can't be ruled out because I, I can't remember the exact words that Brendan Shannon used, but, but he sort of was just saying it would be an asset. Like I, I, I didn't, if, if you look carefully at how he said it, he didn't say it absolutely has to be someone with experience, but he certainly left the impression that that was his preference heading into the, this, these set of conversations. So, you know, at this point in time, I don't think the Leafs have sought permission to, to talk to Eric Tulski. And I, and I don't really expect him to just because he doesn't meet sort of the number one criteria that was was laid out there. Um, but, you know, I suppose maybe they do a random interviews and they're not feeling it with someone. I mean, I guess it'd be too soon to say I, I, well, I can't say anyone is totally out of the process at this point because it's really just taking shape. Right. And it's only Friday morning that, that you know, Kyle Dubas was ultimately let go by the Leafs. You know, we're sitting here on a holiday Monday. Sure, it was a busy weekend for Brendan Shannon. I imagine a lot of people come out of the woodwork and are reaching out to him and seeing, you know, probably proactively maybe throwing their their, their name in the hat here a little bit. But, um, you know, at this point in time, I still think that it's going to need a few days to, to really start taking shape what this process looks like. Anything else about the GM conversation before I move on to uh, some other Leafs questions I have? No, nothing really stands out, you know, at this point in time. I mean, it's the dust has finally started to settle. You know, obviously Kyle Dubas has, has moved on. Jason Spezza resigned as part of that was, was the assistant special assistant to the GM last season in Toronto. I'll be curious to see where he surfaces, but you know, it, now we forge ahead um, as dramatic as that news was Friday. And it certainly was a pretty dramatic press conference with Brendan Shanahan laying out kind of his version of the timeline of events when it came to discussions on a contract extension that never came to pass. I mean, now, now the hard work gets done and now, now, you know, what are we 
May 22nd. <laughs> I just keep counting down the days because there's a lot of decisions to be made here. And I know that's something we focused on a lot last week when we were even sort of laying out where things could go. But, um, you know, Brad True Living, I think, is fair to call the favorite, but certainly doesn't mean he's getting the job at this point in time. I think it's just too soon to say. So we know the Leafs are trying to find a new GM. Uh, I mean, when we were trying to discuss everyone's futures last week, that didn't stop us from going down the pyramid with the Leafs in terms of Sheldon Keefe's future or even the future of the core four as it is. Uh, like, where should we? Where should I go here? Should we go back to talking about Sheldon? Because I still think there's a question. There's questions to be had with him and his future, but also with those four players uh, of that core four. I, I don't know which which direction we should go, but very much up in the air. Even if we don't know who the next Leafs GM is yet. Yeah, and let's start with the players. I, I think what's interesting to me is that Brendan Shanahan phoned each of the Leafs' top players last week to share the news about Kyle Dubas, and that those players came away from those conversations believing that Shell, that, that Brendan Shanahan's intention is to bring the entire core four back. Now, that's not written in stone, and obviously we don't know who the GM is. Maybe the new GM has a, new, has a different perspective on that, but I do think it's interesting that as much as we've focused on the possibility for change, maybe even the need for change, that those players – actually believe that that they're going to be back together at least at this point in time um you know i i was a, a little surprised by that i mean it just just because there had been so much talk and obviously even kyle dubas had opened the door on his last monday press conference saying that everything would be on the table if he was running the team uh well well brennan shanahan's the top voice in the hockey department and you know i don't know if he gave assurances or promises you know we might get into semantics here but certainly those players I don't think are bracing to be traded now, even, even as much speculation is out there. It just seems that they believe the organization wants to move forward with them as, as a core four. So that that'll be something to watch. It's a little harder to get a handle on Sheldon Keefe's future, because I think that will be tied really directly to the general manager, what that, that, that person wants to do. You know, one thing I can tell you is there's at least one other team out there that has an opening on, on their coaching staff and, and they're curious to see what happens with Sheldon Keefe, because I think that they have interest in potentially bringing him in if he does become available. Now we'll see how timing goes. If it takes weeks, I mean, I don't, I don't know how long they can wait, but you know, there's, there's a few teams right now looking for a head coach. And I think that Sheldon Keefe it would be viewed favorably by at least one of them. Uh, and, and perhaps he'll be viewed favorably by the GM that comes in. I mean, it's, it's easy to imagine that you just fire the head coach as the new GM, but it, does, it isn't always the case. And we don't know what that person will, will think of Sheldon Keefe. I mean, the hockey world's small. It might end up being someone who has a tie to Sheldon Keefe from something, or, or, or maybe you just admired his work from afar. You know, that, that's where it gets tricky. I mean, even when we talk about the players, we, you and I might go through and say, hey, whatever, Mitch Marner might be the most viable trade asset. Well, the new GM might be the biggest Mitch, Mitch Marner fan on earth that comes in, and, and there's just no chance of that. I mean, that, that's that's where you introduce now these, these unknowns into the process in terms of what's going to happen. And as I mentioned, Brendan Shanahan already seems to be in the corner of those players. And so while there's, there's obviously big change now in the front office, still potentially behind the bench, maybe the roster isn't going to get quite the same shakeup as, as I might've guessed after they were eliminated by Florida. I mean, there's still going to be change. The Leafs have nine or 10 unrestricted free agents. You know, that that alone necessitates that that there's going to be some turnover or probably significant turnover on the roster, but it might not be in those core positions uh, that we might have guessed heading into the offseason. But I'm curious if Brendan Shanahan seems to be in the corner of those core four players and you're a prospective GM who, you know, you obviously you want that Leafs job, but maybe you think the plan is to move one of those assets to get better pieces. 
like how does that affect the pool of potential candidates for that job if you know the intention by Leafs management is to keep those four in place well I can't imagine any world where the interview process or or what you want to call it doesn't involve conversation about how you'd handle those players and and even you know, what would you go into a negotiation with Austin Matthews trying to pay him or, or maybe William Nylander on an extension? I mean, because it's such a, it's such a, one of the first big decisions that would be facing the new jam of the Leafs is, is sort of determining what to do with that set of players. And, and when it comes to maybe those contract extensions and the like. And so I, I think that that will all be hashed out. I, I'm not sure that if, if, if you went into that conversation and, and said you wanted to trade one, I don't think that would necessarily exclude you from the conversation because you know shannon to be fair mark masters actually asked him at his press conference on friday about you know his views on what kyle said about everything being on the table and the like and 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 he basically said look we'd have to keep an open mind and and so like i, I don't know that he's actually fully made up his mind but it sounds like he's at least initially more inclined um to, to keep those guys around than than to see one of them traded um and so you know kind of an interesting twist to this i mean what a fascinating offseason this is one way or another in Toronto. I mean, you, you've had a fair amount of stability there. Obviously, lots of changes around the, the fringes of the roster. But now, all of a sudden, it does feel like everything is still a little bit up in the air. And, and you know, we'll start when we find out the identity of the GM. Anything else you want to mention about the Leafs before we go to you can bet that? No, I think I'm good. I don't know if you saw it caused a little bit of a stir in Sweden with the, <laughs> this oh, William Nylander yeah. story. Uh which is, which is kind of funny how these things turn out. I mean, I was just curious because for those that were watching, William Nylander had said at his, his end-of-season media veil that he wanted to go to the World Championship a few days past, and he didn't turn up in Finland to, to join Team Sweden over there. And so, you know, I started digging around a little bit just to see what had happened and, and found out essentially that, you know, I think Nylander had some trepidation or some reluctance to join the, the tournament late because obviously his arrival would mean someone was taken out of the lineup. And in this case, there was at least the possibility – it was his brother, Alex. And so I reported on that. And then I guess it caused a bit of a stir. And uh, I saw a translated version of a quote from Sam Hallam, the, the head coach in Sweden, um, sort of throwing dust at the fact that there's these reports coming out of, of Toronto about this situation. Uh, and I think really the issue is the Swedish team hasn't said anything publicly about, you know, where this went wrong or why this didn't happen. Um, but anyway, I think William Williams being a good brother and didn't want to, you know, didn't feel good about I, I get it. It'd be weird to join the team. I mean, some players were part of a training camp and exhibition games and all these the, these early tournament games, and uh, he didn't want to bump his brother out of the lineup, at least potentially. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was doing the right thing. I thought that was we were talking about in the group chat about how nice he was. And uh, yeah, I don't know if Sweden wanted to tip their hand there with that one. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's look, why it, that happened. I get it. It puts his brother maybe in a bad spot. And let's face it, if, if, if William Nylander had gone over, he'd probably be the best player on the team, or certainly he would be a very pivotal member of that organization. He's, he's been, he's had a lot of success playing for his country. So it's a big story for that country that he didn't end up coming even after expressing a desire to come. And so I suppose that's part of, that's part of the story. Anyway, it's funny in Sweden, William Nylander seems to be getting criticized. Whereas in Toronto, you know, I just based on the replies to the tweet I said about that, it seems like a lot of people are looking like, Whoa, what a good guy. He's looking after family first and foremost. Um, also, while we continue our world championship update here, I don't know if you saw uh, Norway beat Canada in a shootout 3 2. That was, I just, didn't, uh, yeah, that just happened. Apparently, it's the second time 
uh, Norway has ever beaten Canada at the World Championship. It's funny. I I think I was at the first. Was the first in 2008 in Halifax? I don't remember when the first year was, but that that would make and sense. It, I remember a miracle performance by a goaltender named Pal Grotness, uh, who was a Norwegian goalie who was also a carpenter. And he made like 50 saves against Canada. And, and uh, I... They might have lost two one rather than winning the game, but anyway, Norway gave Norway either beat Canada at a game I covered or gave them a big scare. But Paul uh, Grotness never forgot about it, the carpenter. That is a really good nickname and a really interesting story, and I would pay to read a story about that from you. <laughs> well, the thing is, is Norway. I think it's changing a little bit. Obviously, there's a few more Norwegian players in the league, but a lot of the yeah. players, even as recently as '08, had real jobs too, or like had additional jobs in the workforce in addition to being hockey players. They weren't fully professional uh, in the way that uh, NHL players are. So um, anyway, yeah, I'm just, now I'm just rambling, but yes, I, I'm just saying it happens at the world's it's, it's a long tournament. It's the round Robin Canada. I, I believe lost, they lost their first three games a couple of years ago to start the tournament and still won the gold. So yeah. it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Let's get to you can bet that I'll try to find the first time uh, Canada uh, lost to Norway at the Worlds. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about some other uh, news and notes around the NHL. You can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Welcome to You Can Bet That. Remember to hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all your gaming needs. If you go on the Sports Interaction website right now, you will find odds for who will be the next uh, Leafs GM. Uh, we mentioned earlier Brad Living is the favorite. He clearly is at 2.23. Uh, you can also find uh, Toronto Maple Leafs next coach. Uh, a lot of different names uh, that are not Sheldon Keefe. Obviously, it would uh, be dependent on Sheldon Keefe losing his job. We mentioned some of the bigger names for, for the GM job. What about some of the other kind of wilder ones? You know, like uh, a couple, like a day, a day or two ago, we saw uh, Elliot Friedman's name. Be th- Actually, sorry. Elliot Friedman's name was thrown out for Leafs head coach. Leafs head coach. This is a list that has names there, like, jo- like, 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 di- like Elliot Friedman. Like, why is he there? I don't even think there's enough digits in the world to, to put the correct odds like, it is, like, a trillion to one odds that Elliot would ever be the head coach. I mean, GM, you could maybe sell me on, but there's no, there's no chance that Elliot would be the head coach. <laughs> First of all, he'd, he'd have to comb his hair at least 82 days a year <laughs> for games. <laughs> so, like, that already I, – I know for him, like, that would, that would preclude him from even doing that. Um so I could buy Elliot for, for GM a little bit, like long shot, but like the head coach. Come on, DB. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, Leafs GM. Uh, let me try to get some of the wilder names out there. Uh, Jim Benning is 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 there. Shout out Jim He's Benning. got experience. Got experience. He, he, does, have, he does have experience. Um, Brad Pascal, who uh, is currently uh, the uh, Flames AGM, is also on the list further down. Uh, but Eric Lindros, Doug Gilmore, and Mike Keenan uh, also on that list. Uh, Ron Hextall's there. Brian Burke is there. Peter Shirelli we kind of mentioned. Uh, but uh, for next GM, the three best odds are Tree Living, Tulski, and Pridham. But for head coach, um, Joe Quenville, the betting favorite. Spencer Carberry, not too far off. Gerard Gallant is also there. 
it's really funny to see Daryl Sutter's name in there because I still think dude's going to be on a farm for the next two years. He's got 8 million reasons to do that. I don't know what y'all are thinking. See Daryl, Daryl Sutter coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nah. (laughs) Nah. I mean, the quotes would be legendary, but I don't, I don't think, I don't see it either. I don't see it. I mean, maybe I'd see Daryl's got a better shot than Elliot, but, but only by a little bit. By the way, with Elliot, um, he his odds officially are, uh, are at one fifty one, and Paul Bissonnette and Don Cherry are at the exact. They're tied essentially. Uh, and what's and here's something for for that Sportsnet panel. Kevin Bieksa has better odds at being Leafs head coach than Nelly Freeman. As he should. <laughs> As he should. Like, <laughs> what's one thing? I mean, first of all, like, what's one thing you like about Kevin Bieksa? He can explain the game. He clearly. Like he he would have much more credibility in the role, and and he looks good. He he doesn't. Ooh. <laughs> he could do the job. What does it say about Paul Bissonnette that he has just as good of a shot as Elliot Friedman does? He also plays. <laughs> and I feel like they're, I feel like they're playing us with these odds, man. I feel like they're playing us. I, I, I think I think you're just insulted. You're not there <laughs> for sure. For sure. Come on, DB. Help a brother out. 200. Brother at least out. 200. You should have put Chris Johnson at 200. He should be there. I just want to be able to, like, well, I'm not allowed, but anyway, someone, have one of my buddies put five bucks on me just to, like, have the ticket, basically, just to say oh, they did man. it. <laughs> okay. Before this segment goes any more off the rails, uh, be sure to check out sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds. Before game, in game, best props, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Hey, maybe next time you go on the website, you'll find Chris Johnston's name at uh, 200 to 1 to be the next uh, Leafs head coach. That would be hilarious. Could you imagine the CJ show if you were at like any anything affiliated with this team? This would just be like your. Someone suggested this should be your media veils. Like that would be awesome. (laughs) The hundred percenters would like it. The hundred percenters would like it. (laughs) Yeah, man. Oh, all right. Let's 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 get back. Let's let's get out of this segment. Thanks for for tuning in to you. Could bet that this episode of the Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by Shopify. You should know what that sound means already, because that is the best kind of notification. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, and the moment another business dream becomes a reality. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling hats, whether you're selling shoes, whether you're selling posters, whether you're selling That's Ridic merch, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform and even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every single step of the way. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. And now it's your turn to get serious about selling and to try Shopify today. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Johnston, all in lowercase. 
shopify.com slash Johnston to take your business to the next level today. This episode of the Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Uh, you may have noticed during this particular episode, I have been drinking uh, from my AG1 bottle uh, from uh, this great uh, Athletic Greens. I, I try to drink it as much as I can. Uh, I give it a try because I want better gut health, sustained energy, immune system, uh, just taking all these pills and vitamins all the time. It gets a little bit weird. Not weird, but just you have to do these all the time and take all these different ones. You got to take one for like vitamin C, vitamin D3, all these different ones. Why do I need to take all of these different vitamins when I could literally just pour a solution, add some water, and I get 75 different vitamins and minerals in my drink. And, you, you know, I do it before breakfast, and it just gives me this great jump start to my day. I really like enjoying it. I like mixing a little bit of uh, some BioSteel or some maybe a little bit of, of, of lime juice or something a little extra just to make it taste even better than it already does. But, like, it still gives me those same 75 high-quality ingredients that give me daily nutrients and long-term gut health. So that's very important for myself. And if it's something that's important to you, you should take advantage of this offer. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your very first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Johnston. That's athleticgreens.com slash Johnston. Okay, there's other news and notes I want to get to, but I realize there's one name you mentioned in the first segment I didn't really get to touch up on, um, and I kind of want to just make sure I heard right. Doug Armstrong, who is currently the GM of the St. Louis Blues, who has worked with Hockey Canada on so many different levels in international competitions, the possibility of him being Leafs GM, even if it's just the wild card, even if it's just like, you know, just kind of out there, like, can we deconstruct that for a second? Because that kind of blows my mind a little bit. And rightfully so. And look, need to be very clear. I, I've got no indication the Leafs have sought permission to talk to him, have talked to him. This isn't even a case of Doug Armstrong, like, applying for the job. I think that there's just there just seems to be a thought out there that there could be a fit between those two parties. And, I mean, if you're looking for someone with experience, uh, obviously – long, long time in, in the league as a general manager in Dallas back in the day. And then now for a big stretch in St. Louis, helped the blues win a Stanley cup in 2019. Uh, also been a GM who's been very proactive on, on the trade front over the years has made a lot of big moves, impactful moves. You know, even we saw even this year got, got a little bit ahead of things with St. Louis and, and traded Tarasenko and O'Reilly, Barbashev, Achari, you know, restocked on the fly, so to speak for his team. And so, Yes, I think that there's at least the possibility you hear his name uh, connected to this job, but you know ultimately he is under contract to another team, so it would require the Blues to to grant permission from to do that. I I don't know if they would do that, but look, we're still in the we're still in the the early season of speculation on this this position, and that's just a name I've heard a number of different people have actually brought up to me. So I, I don't know where that comes from. If it's one of these stories like broken telephone, or maybe there's a little bit of a little, little bit of fire with that smoke. Okay. All right. So uh, be on the lookout for Doug Armstrong as a GM candidate of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I still find that very strange, but this is silly season, essentially, for all of these different names and all these different vacancies, Siege. Well, I mean, the Leafs should aim high, though. And when you talk about a GM and what they've accomplished, I mean, again, among the, the current working day people, I mean, Doug Armstrong would be right near the top of anyone's list, I think. And so, you know, I guess if you don't ask the question, 
you know, if, if you don't try and see if maybe there's a chance there, then, then the Leafs might not be doing the, the most due diligence they can for this, this role, because let's face it. I, I think this would be one of the more sought after jobs in all of hockey. You know, it's similar to running the Montreal Canadians or, or the New York Rangers. I mean, it, you're, you're talking about an ab- absolute top of the list kind of job and Doug Armstrong's a top of the list kind of candidate. The only problem, of course, that the gum in the works here is he's not a free agent. He's not free to, to go pursue any sort of work. And so I guess we'll have to see if there's a way around that, or even if the Leafs want to want to go down that road, but there's at least, there's at least that, that discussion out there. I can tell you in hockey circles. Let's say the Leafs were dead on serious about getting Doug Armstrong. Is there a scenario in which they could trade somebody or something in order to get like Doug Armstrong's contract? Is that something that could be done? I don't know, to be honest. I, I, I don't know that there's any reason it couldn't be done. I mean, certainly we've seen that in other sports and there was a period. Remember there was a period of time uh, in hockey where you had to pay draft picks as compensation for, for hiring people from other organizations. So, you know, I suppose that could be worked out, but it's, it would be so unusual. I, I don't know. And I don't know if, again, if the Leafs would be willing to do that because they can just, for example, go talk to Brad true living and, 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 and hire him. And, and there's other candidates out there too. And so I, I wish I had an answer for you. I think it's allowed, but it, it would probably be case by case. And obviously the league would have to be involved in, in approving any kind of transaction of that nature. Okay. So let's move on from that situation to a uh, vacancy that has reportedly been filled with regards to Craig Conroy uh, becoming the new general manager, or is he expected to become the new general manager of the Calgary Flames? <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear my throat for a second there. Um, what are your thoughts on on that news being announced? I mean, shout out Darren Dreger, who was first to that while everyone was seemingly enjoying their long weekend. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on on that news being reported? Well, I think it's a great choice for Calgary. And I think what's interesting here is is just how extensive the search was that even though they're basically promoting, you know, an assistant general manager that's worked under uh, Brad True Living for years there, you know, prior to True Living leaving the organization, uh, you know, they they did so after first considering a whole host of other names and, and having what seems like a pretty involved interview process. And so, you know, it kind of tells you something when 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 you go through that that exercise and and speak to a lot of different people and you still end up, you know, with someone that, that's been right under your nose the whole time uh, about how positive uh, the interview process would have been for Conroy. And, and, you know, it seems to me that he's someone who's, who's ready for this role. I mean, keep in mind, he's worked in the front office, what, for 10, 12 years since his, his playing days ended. So he, he's been around a long time, obviously very familiar to that market, very familiar to the goings on of the team. Uh, you know, he's been involved in a lot of things that have happened, which I think sometimes that can be viewed negatively. I, I see it as a positive because I, I do think when a new general manager goes into a, a, a situation, he's just got to learn a lot. Well, well, you know, Conroy brings institutional knowledge to this job. And, and you know, by all accounts, the Flames aren't, you know, we're, we're talking about a team that's uh, going through a transition, but, you know, they're not looking to blow everything up here. And so, um, you know, Craig Conroy reminds me a little bit of seeing Bill Guerin get the job in, in Minnesota. In his case, he jumped from Pittsburgh where he worked his way up in the Penguins front office. But, you know, I think that Bill Guerin's done a pretty good job for a former player that, that had a grooming period. You know, I, I think that Conroy is kind of of the same model. And, and, you know, I, I think that this is a, a hiring that that's um, going to be positive for Calgary. And, and, you know, it sounds like they're going to bring in a veteran, you know, a lot of talk of Dave Nonis potentially joining him in that front office. So someone who's, can kind of be there, I think, to, to help guide him through some of the the parts of that job that he would know. You know, Nonis was a GM in, in Vancouver and Toronto 
you know, plus he's worked in other front offices and in, in, secondary roles as well. And so in between him and, and, and Don Maloney, who, you know, was a GM in Arizona, you know, I think that you've got some steady hands around to, to help guide him through the aspects of the job as he learns. And, and, you know, obviously a really well-respected uh, person that's stepping into that role there in Calgary. And then uh, there's all the talk about potentially Jerome McGinley joining the organization in some capacity. I know when I spoke to him, he was acknowledging that, you know, he's still committed to to working in Kelowna at the academy that he's coaching at, and, and he's looking after well his son too, hoping he gets drafted. I think soon after that, that happened as well. And it got me thinking over the weekend, you know, if the Flames wanted to uh, put him in the organization, because I know, I know I was told that there could still be a chance, even after he had said what he said, that they could make something work. The only job that makes sense to me is if he gets hired as some kind of special advisor, kind of like what Vincent Cavalier is doing with the Montreal Canadiens, where he has that role, but he still gets to live in Florida and kind of go about his business. And whenever they need him, they just they just call on him. That's that's the role that makes sense to me if the Flames are going to go down that road and bring Jerome McGinley into their organization. Yeah, and I expect you'll see something like that. I, I don't know what the, the title will be or, you know, in the beginning, it might be a little bit loose because of his other commitments that you're referencing with his kids. But, you know, over time, I imagine there would probably be a plan to integrate him a little bit more into the front office. And obviously, he and Craig Conroy know each other very well. They were teammates. They, they've, they go way back, too. And so there'd be a lot of comfort level there. And, I mean, I think for organizations like the Flames and, and many others, it makes sense to, to have figures as, as strong as, as Jerome McGinley involved in your operation that, that have had deep ties to the organization. And that would be, it would be kind of a nice, I think it's a nice bookends kind of moment. And, and then... You just see how much he wants to work. I mean, it, it it's funny. It, it's different for all former players, right? Some guys really want to jump right in and travel and be all in, and others, it's it's just a bit more of an advisory type role. And so, I think you you work with Jerome and his family and what he's comfortable with, but it makes a whole lot of sense to have him involved too. Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see with that. It seems like Tuesday is one we're gonna hear. We're gonna see the cut. Craig Conner is unveiled as GM. And I would assume, I guess, not too long after that, we'll know more about how he's going to fill out and staff and such. But uh, that's at least one job that seems to be resolved. What about in Pittsburgh? What about the head coaching job in New York or anything else you might be hearing? Pittsburgh is starting to eliminate candidates. Um, you know, so they, they've, like Calgary, it's been a pretty extensive process, it seems like. And, and I know that they started to, to, to scratch some names off. You know, I think that there's still some wonder, you know, what would Kyle Dubas reconsider you know what he said a week ago it was a week ago at a press conference in Toronto where he said he was either going to be Maple Leafs general manager next season or or take a year off to recalibrate I believe was a word he used you know maybe he feels differently with how everything went down in the last week because I'm guessing when he made those comments to the media he wasn't necessarily anticipating what happened the next few days I'm not sure anybody could have been or, or should have been um and so you know his his remains a name just to watch to see if he'd at least consider having a dis discussion with the Penguins you know, I think that there's reason to to keep tying John Chica, um to to that search. I mean, remember the Penguins are looking to fill sort of a president of hockey ops role and a general manager's role. Not yet clear that the pres, even though the title might suggest one thing, doesn't necessarily mean the president's more powerful than the GM. I mean, it, we're not sure exactly the structure, so maybe I won't fix it on the titles as much. But it seems like Chica's in the mix for a role there. I believe Matthew Darsh has been among the names. Um, that, that seems to still be in the mix, uh, a few others. So, you know, it's, it's harder to get a read on that one. They're, they're sort of scratching some names off the list, but there's also, there's a potential of a new name here in Kyle Dubas 
Um, so we'll see if, if Kyle wants to consider a job in Pittsburgh or if not, I think that they'll start to really circle in on, on their final choice. Um, you know, I haven't heard anything too new on the Rangers since we last recorded, but, uh, Patrick Waugh is available now or, or will be, I guess he's got to go to the Memorial cup because his Quebec ramparts, uh, just won the QMJHL title. Uh, but he's been a name that's been, been tied to that search. Uh, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that. And so, you know, I think that the head coaching ones are a little less urgent. Um, then, then the front office positions, because you still have a head coach needed in Calgary. Uh, you know, the Columbus is still after a head coach, obviously the, the Rangers, Washington, uh, still looking for a new head coach. So there's, there's a number of openings there. And, and then potentially we're going to have to see what happens in Toronto with, with Sheldon Keefe once a new general manager is in place. So, but I think, I think with the, the distance between now and training camp, the teams that have front office openings are looking to fill those before uh, worrying about what's going on behind the bench. All right. So with that, uh, we can pretty much go straight to questions, really, unless there's something else percolating in terms of news and notes. Basically, just so much, just the biggest news and notes talk with GM stuff has been uh, really scintillating. Uh, of course, on top of the fact that we've had some playoff games, too. It's kind of wild. Like, last year, we focused so much more on, like, the, the playoff games, and I don't feel there was nearly as much news the same way that we have it now. So it's really interesting to see how it's kind of changed to this point. Yeah, I mean, we let the stories take us, you know, the, the stories dictate where we go, right? Um, the games have been great, though. Four overtime greats games to start the conference final. I mean, you can't ask for happened. much better than that. I mean, you can't ask for much better than that. I really enjoyed the Carolina-Florida series. Um, thought the game, too, and that series was great. And, you know, it's one of those ones. Carolina's down 2 nothing as we record this now, but they must be feeling, like, kind of robbed. They, mu- they mustn't feel like they're in an 0-2 hole, like, in the, in the way that the series has gone in terms of the, the, the gameplay. Yeah. I, I feel for Carolina and the fact that they, they haven't looked bad. Uh, they, they, they've gotten decent goaltending. It's just not enough. It's just fl- Matthew Kachuk's just a bad man. Well, and Sergei Bobrovsky, I mean, him too. I love, I love, I should put my cards on the table. I love Matthew Kachuk. Like I'm not, but to me, it's not even close. If you're talking about a con smite as of now that Bobrovsky's it's been insane. Like I've seen some of the people putting out the models saying this is like the best 10 or 12 game stretch of a goalie in like 15 years. Um, you know, like what are the odds? I know Bobrovsky's had a great career and all that, but the fact that he's got it together after starting this, the playoffs on the bench, watching Alex Lyon play the games. I mean, it's unbelievable. The story that he's authored uh, there. For- Did I mention the hall of fame question with Sergey Bobrovsky with you? If, if, if his play is warrant enough to kind of put him in that discussion, I forget if I have. Uh, I don't, I think we have it in the group chat a bit. I can't, I don't think we did it on the show. It's hard to look at if they win a Stan, Stanley cup and he wins a con smite, you, you get a chance. I mean, it's, it's hard. There's not a lot of goalies that go in the hall of fame. That's one thing. But if, if you look at his career, then would include two Vesna trophies, a con smite and a Stanley cup, plus a whole bunch of victories and lots of, you know, a long tenure in the league. I mean, it, he's, he's getting close. But the interesting thing about Sergei Bobrovsky, if you look back over his career, he's never really had any playoff success. Like, and I'm not putting that all on, on his own shoulders. Obviously the teams he played for in Columbus were never, he wasn't playing on the heavyweight teams of the league, but uh, this is, this is all brand new. And it certainly is going to change the way his career looks. If, if they can get the job done and, and if he can keep playing at this level, which, you know, he still has to maintain for some time. I mean, you start to get close, you're still six wins, but you, you can still have what? 10 games or 12 games still more depending on if if they lose and these series get extended out so um we'll just just let that one 
percolate, but he's been un, unreal. Like there's certainly nothing I can take away from his performance so far. Counterpoint to Sergei Bobrovsky not having playoff success. Two of the biggest upsets in recent memory involving the best regular season team. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky was the winning goaltender in both. Obviously with the Bruins Florida series and the Columbus Tampa series in 2019. He was the winning goaltender for both. Right. But then they, they lost in round two Columbus after beating Tampa. Like, again, I'm not putting that all on him. There's a team. There's, there's a lot that goes into that. But it's not as though he's been this magical playoff goalie with a reputation or anything like that. I mean, he's been a very solid goaltender over a long period of time. But, you know, in, I wonder how long we've considered him the game's best. Obviously, there's been individual years. I believe one of them was a lockout shortened year which I'm not taking away from him, but it's, you know, might look different that the, the one Vesna was from the, the lockout shortened season. I mean, there's, it's not a slam dunk hall of fame case, but it's, it's gets a lot better in a hurry. If it includes a Stanley cup and a con Smythe trophy. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do a quick ask CJ before we wrap up uh, our holiday Monday edition of the CJ show, which by the way, uh, you're not in your familiar confines uh, of uh, your, your Toronto uh, condo. No, live from Coburg Papa's porch. Yay! So I'm down please. here in in God's country in Coburg. So please uh, tell Coburg Papa on behalf of uh, myself and the rest of the SDPN and the 100 percenters that we say what's up and uh, we appreciate and love you, Coburg Papa. Yeah, if I was smarter, I would have lined up a, a cameo, but he's hiding somewhere in the house or in the backyard or whatever. Uh, so I, anyway, he's not he's not handy. So. We we won't have him drop in on this episode. <laughs> he was he was being a good pops. He was just letting you work. Yeah, for sure. He's being a real good pops. He's making me lunch right now, but we'll see. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Okay, now I, I, before I start asking more questions about what your your dad is making you for lunch, let's get to a question from uh, Robert Robert Malloy. Uh, what's the hobby you don't get to do during the NHL season that you're looking forward to? Is it whitewater rafting, crochet? This question is apparently for both of us. I mean, I, I am an avid crocheter, but I also do that during the season, so that that doesn't uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't fit the Roberts uh, the, the spirit of his question. I mean, for me, honestly, it's probably traveling, and and obviously, I get to travel a little bit during the season, but not for for pleasure. And I'm looking forward this summer to just, you know, going on a couple of little adventures that don't involve NHL arenas as much as I love doing the things that involve NHL arenas. Uh, that, that's, that's the biggest one. That and golf. I usually golf a little bit in the summer and obviously don't do that during the hockey season. And I think after having my hand surgery, I'm going to be able to finally, finally feeling well enough that I think I could uh, withstand a few, few swings into the dirt. So I forgot the, about the fact that your hand got messed up earlier this year. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, man. Hey, look at that. It's a lot better now than it was a couple months ago. It was like blue. Yes. Yes. It's, um, it's, it's, it's healed and I've done all the physio exercises. So everything's good. I think, um, the one thing I'm looking forward to doing, uh, might be, a, I mean, traveling too. Uh, I, I know last summer I got to do a little bit of that, but, uh, Hopefully this year I can do some stuff out of the country. I did a lot of little mini trips last year, just going to like Quebec City and like Ottawa and whatever and seeing friends and hanging with family. But uh, it would be cool to uh, just do a little bit more traveling when I can uh, go out of the country, uh, go to the back to the Caribbean. I haven't been back to the Caribbean in a couple of years, you know, 
whether it's going to see my fam in Trinidad and Tobago or hanging out with, um, with just hanging out in Barbados or, or even Jamaica. I haven't been back to Jamaica in at least like four years. Like, so I would love to be able to do one of those things. And if I'm not doing that, I'll just spend time playing video games. I don't get enough time to do that. That's probably <laughs> my answer. Perfect. Any downtime is appreciated, right? Are you actually good at crochet or were you just kidding? No, no, no. I don't know. I actually don't know what that is really. Like I know kind of <laughs> what it is, but no. Okay. Um, Congo Red has another question here. How much behind the scenes knowledge do you have to sit on because you can't confirm the story or because it's in bad taste to release? Does that happen often? Yeah, all, all the time, <laughs> every day or most days. Um, you know, a lot of time because there's a difference between knowing something and knowing it, right? And so there's a lot of stuff that you think you know or you got pretty good beat on, but you know, you need a certain degree of confirmation to go with the story. Um, and especially this time of year, there's a lot swirling around, a lot of rumors. Obviously, people are changing jobs and interviewing for jobs, and we're gonna move into the the trading season a little bit and the signing season. So this time of year, there's a there's a fair bit that you think you know that you have to kind of sit on and you know, that's just part of it. Um, and, and obviously we're trying to confirm it too, so that you can, you can break the odd story along the way. All right. And that's going to do it for our uh, holiday Monday edition of the CJ show siege. Uh, I'll let you get back to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, my man. I appreciate yeah. that. Of course, ma'am. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode of our dear show. Subscribe to the podcast. However you listen to podcasts and uh, keep it locked here for more news and notes. For CJ, I'm Julian. So long, and enjoy the start of your week. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter, at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie, at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.